Welcome to Formosa News, I'm Ian Kavat. Taiwan has established a representative office in the South American country of Guyana, with which it does not have diplomatic relations. The U.S. State Department has welcomed the move. Taiwan's foreign ministry said Thursday that the office launched initial operations on January 15th and aims to deepen relations with South America while consolidating Taiwan's presence in the Caribbean. Cerulean waters, paradisal beaches. This unforgettable scenery belongs to the South American country of Guyana. Following Somaliland and Africa, Guyana has become the second non-allied nation to host a Taiwan office with the word Taiwan in its name. We achieved a consensus after negotiations with Guyana's foreign ministry and have decided to establish a Taiwan office in the Cooperative Republic of Guyana. We signed an agreement pertaining to this on January 11th. The Taiwan office has conducted preliminary operations since January 15th. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs announced the news. As a former British colony, Guyana became a member of the Commonwealth of Nations in 1970 after gaining independence from the UK in 1966. It has a population of about 800,000 people and an area of 214,000 square kilometers. The country produces oil and has a sizable mining industry. Its GDP per capita is about 8,000 US dollars. In a statement, the U.S. said it welcomed the establishment of a Taiwan office in the country. The U.S. Embassy in Guyana released a statement on its official webpage saying, Closer ties with Taiwan will advance cooperation and development in Guyana on the basis of shared democratic values, transparency and mutual respect. Meanwhile, MOFA says establishing the new office in the Guyanese capital also had geographical considerations. Geographically, it is a gateway, and we have five diplomatic allies in the Caribbean. Establishing a Taiwan office in Guyana can be conducive to deepening our relations and interactions with South America. It can also consolidate our diplomatic presence in the Caribbean and allow us to expand substantive relations with other countries. We only have one South American ally left, and that's Paraguay, in the southern half of South America. If we have a Guyana base to work from, I think we can engage in substantive cooperations with countries in the north of South America, be it over oil, mineral or other resources. I think cooperation on these aspects is very possible. Confronted by oppression from Beijing, the Thai administration has adopted a new strategy of gaining international space by forging strong relationships with like-minded countries. Taiwan reported two more imported COVID cases and one COVID death on Thursday. The patient who died was a British man in his 70s who entered Taiwan in December. He is Taiwan's first foreign fatality. He's also the first Taiwan death from the British variant of the coronavirus. Let's hear from the Central Epidemic Command Center. When analyzing the cases overseas, there is no indication that the British variant causes more severe symptoms or higher death rates, so that's not a leap to be made. The clinical judgment is that the patient may have developed complications relating to blood coagulation. We had never before seen as much bleeding in the lungs as in this patient. The patient's death was believed to be due to risk factors of age and pre-existing cardiovascular condition. Three other patients infected by the UK strain have already been discharged from the hospital. The final case is in medical care with mild symptoms. 
The Taipei International Comics Animation Festival is underway, with adjust adjustments and precautions in place for COVID-19. The five-day festival launched Thursday with fever screenings, crowd controls and a mandatory mask rule for all vendors and visitors. A long queue has formed early in the morning outside Taipei World Trade Center Exhibition Hall 1. Some people have been waiting for hours. Uh, the line starts at the entrance of Xingyi Road Section 5, winding down Jilong Road Section 1 before reaching Songshou Road. The Taipei International Comics and Animation Festival, which draws more than 400,000 people each year, had its grand opening on Thursday. There's another very important exhibit area. The Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association thanked Taiwan on the 10th anniversary of the March 11th Tohoku earthquake. It collected autographed cards from 100 renowned Japanese cartoonists, cards with a written thank you to Taiwan. It was an extremely touching gesture that helped to fortify the friendship between Taiwan and Japan. 55 companies across 410 booths are participating in the comics exhibition this year. In light of the pandemic, organizers have imposed precautions, including basic fever screening disinfection at the door, mandatory mask wearing, and a venue limit of 6,000 people at a time. Waiting in line overnight is strictly forbidden. Not only that, the trade fair's opening ceremony has been cancelled. We arrange all our disease prevention measures in line with the guidance of the Central Epidemic Command Center. It's unlikely there are any transmission loopholes here. I think they're doing well. The real name registration and disinfection work are being implemented properly. As an extra line of defense, vendors have been asked to enforce crowd control and disinfection protocols at their booths in order to reduce the risk of transmission even further. In 2020, new ways of presenting social media content emerged due to the pandemic. A data provider company has analyzed how user preferences and interaction patterns on social media platforms changed in Taiwan. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang gets experts to break it down. According to the data provider OpView, user preferences and interaction patterns on social platforms were transformed in 2020. OpView found that government-run Facebook pages rose in popularity, going from 1% of Taiwan's top 500 pages to 4% in 2020. The number of comments and other reactions on government pages soared from 1.6 million to 4.3 million. Earlier I mentioned that on platforms such as Facebook, government-related pages have put up an outstanding performance. The response rate to those pages is also very high. Government-related fan pages that put out promotional content for COVID policies or government policies performed very well in 2020. Pages with an epidemic prevention focus include pages for the Health Ministry and the Taiwan CDC, which have promoted policies through interesting content. Expat YouTubers living in Taiwan also performed well in 2020. Their content mainly focuses on their lives in Taiwan amid the pandemic and Taiwan's success in containing the pandemic.
Looking at internet celebrity trends in 2020, we can find some interesting things happening, including the rise of foreign internet celebrities. Perhaps due to the pandemic, they might be making videos on Taiwan's effective epidemic prevention policies and sharing it with the world. Another trend is the rise of internet celebrities with very unique styles. Metalhead Politics, our new podcast on some of our favorite things. Music, politics, and Taiwan. 2020 was also the year of podcasts. Offview monitored Chinese-language online forums like PTT and Dcard for discussion about podcasts. They found that internet chatter on podcasts increased eight times in 2020, compared to the year before. The rise of the podcast is due to more and more people investing in podcasts. There is more and more diversity, so more people are paying attention to the podcast medium. It's suitable for people to listen to during their commute. You can put on earphones and not have to hold your phone while you listen. While the landscape of social media is changing fast, what can influencers do to maximize their success in the future? The experts have a few pointers. We can see that lots of new online platforms are on the rise. We propose the concept of the M-shaped pattern of media consumption. At one end of the M, there is sound, image, and text that can grab attention very quickly. At the other end of the M, there is long-form content that acts as a companion. For instance, podcasts, which you might listen to for 30 minutes or more. That's something to pay attention to. As the pandemic changes the way people consume media, influencers are adjusting their ways of presenting their content. The internet celebrities of the future are those who can harness the M-shaped pattern of the modern attention span. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Yan Junxiang in Taipei. In this chilly season, lots of swimmers will be waiting for spring to come back before heading into the water. But divers who work at Taipei Zoo don't take a winter break. We spoke to a conservationist who cleans the aquarium tanks and heard about his friendship with the giant piraracu. They're one of the largest freshwater fish in the world, but zookeepers have been caring for them since they were no bigger than a pencil. A conservationist points out the wonders of the different fish species in the Arapaima Gigas tank. He can tell you the ins and outs of each species' behaviour. After all, he pops into a wetsuit every other day to get in the water with them. It's to feel any change in the temperature or see if there are any obstacles like bits of wood. If you're not familiar with the environment, there can be obstacles. He scrubs each corner of the tank that could have algae growing. And he has to watch out for the arapaima, which are big enough to break his bones with a flick of their tail. The stingrays are another to keep an eye on, for obvious reasons. At feeding time, zookeepers keep careful logs of how much food has been distributed and which fish ate what. They try not to put too much food in, which would pollute the water. They have a special trick to coax the stingray from its favourite spot on the bottom of the tank. First you feed them so they know humans have food for them. Then you accompany the food with the clicker sound so they know if they come and touch it, there will be food. When you're cleaning the tank, obviously you look down, you're concentrating. The arapaima are very friendly because we reared them since they were babies. They're just like children. They're curious about everything. They swim slowly over and you've got your head down and then you look up and they're right by your face, checking out what you're up 
up to. The baby arapaima are only as big as a pencil, but they grow up to two or three metres long. After years living and working together, conservationists grow to love the fish like members of their own family. Taiwan shares ended flat after choppy trade on Thursday as investors turned cautious ahead of the Spring Festival trading holiday. The Taiex fell by as much as 164 points before bargain hunters stepped into the dip. The weighted index finished the day slightly down by 0.41 percent to close at 15,706. Turnover was modest at 253.6 billion NT, with institutional investors selling a net 11.2 billion NT. Starting next Monday, the markets will be on an 11-day break for Lunar New Year. Historically, the markets have seen thin and volatile trade before long trading holidays as investors move to reduce risk. An analyst says the bourse could move slightly higher on Friday if U.S. markets do well overnight. With Lunar New Year approaching, market regulators are keeping close watch over the prices of produce, meats and seafood. The Council of Agriculture says prices are expected to be stable in the lead-up to Spring Festival. So far, wholesale costs have increased for country chicken and for pork. However, inflation is in check for most fresh produce, flowers, seafood and eggs due to an oversupplied market. Here at this Taipei market, traders have all their fresh, beautiful produce on display. But even so, the sales are disappointing. People get delivery so they can eat as soon as it comes, and there's no need to wash up afterward. Lifestyles are changing. Also, many older people have foreign caregivers who don't eat our traditional foods. According to the Council of Agriculture, the wholesale price of Taiwanese pork and chicken has gone up from last year. But prices have stayed steady for other foods, including seafood, fruits and vegetables, due to a drop in exports and a rise in production. Prices are the same. I always buy from this vendor and the prices aren't very different now. Have prices fluctuated? Not really, although recently it's been somewhat cheaper. So if you're planning to cook a holiday meal, there is no need to worry over the budget. This spring festival, families can have a home-cooked feast without breaking the bank. A New Year's spread is not complete without a taste of the ocean. Traditional holiday markets are called off this year, but that won't stop families stocking up on fish for New Year. The National Fishermen's Association has opened an online fish market to cater to all your seafood needs. Fish is a vital part of a New Year dinner, but this year there's a twist. Green onions are fried in lard with shrimps and cabbage rounding out the sweetness. Finally, pencil squid and golden pomfret complete the dish and rice noodles soak up the juices. Normally at Lunar New Year, we would always fry a fish at home and we would leave it on there for ages. Actually, we can also do a fish at casserole or braised fish. We can apply all those. You can use some of the fish we demonstrated from the National Fishermen's Association. They've all had their guts, scales and gills removed. The hamaguri clam also makes an energy-boosting soup. This chef teaches cookery online, and with fish markets shut this new year, we'll be doing our fish shopping online too. The golden pomfret, tiger grouper, and golden barramundi are all very reasonably priced these days, while the four-finger threadfin is 20 to 30 percent cheaper than it was this time last year. Together with social media retailers, we've specially set up this online fish market, a new service format. 
Here, we're offering seasonal local produce from each regional fishermen's association. They're all sent fresh, refrigerated all the way directly to your home. This year, we'll miss out on the bustling crowds of traditional markets, but we can still enjoy the fresh taste of Taiwan's waters. Taiwan's most beautiful train station has just gotten an entrance fee. Duoliang train station in Taidong is no longer a working station, but it's a busy sightseeing destination. So busy that the local township office needs to employ a caretaker. They hope the change won't deter visitors from Duoliang's splendid ocean views. Duoliang station fills with sightseers early every morning, but from February 1st, they'll have to get a 10 NT ticket at the counter. We thought the news might spark a backlash, but not at all. Most people we spoke to welcomed the news, even saying it was a bargain. Duoliang sits on the South Link Line. It stopped welcoming trains over a decade ago, but its fabulous scenery means it's still a destination for photographers. Known as Taiwan's most beautiful station, it attracts over 200,000 visitors a year. There are lots of people from about 8, 9, 10 a.m. because the air is very good here. But with hordes of tourists come management and cleaning duties. So Taimali Township Office decided to institute a 10 NT fee from February. We'll take a fee for cleaning and maintenance. Duoliang's caretaker Ms. Song says they're always busy during the winter holidays, and especially at Lunar New Year, it's bursting with day-trippers. No one knows if the new fee will dent visitor numbers, but it will allow them to take good care of the spot and give every guest a pleasant visit. At the foot of Nanto's Jojo Peaks Nature Reserve lies a very special vineyard with a sportsman at its heart. Li Yaotang is a table tennis champion and silver medal winner at the Asian Para Games. But on top of keeping up his training and holding down a day job, he makes sure to go back home to the farm twice a year to help out with the grape harvest. Let's take a look. Taking the bag of a bunch of grapes, Li breaks into a smile. These amethyst grapes look like gems. The variety was cultivated from the Kyoho cross. <laughs> Each of these fragile fruits is the result of years of hard work. The family has been growing grapes for 30 years on the 1.2 hectare plot. There are two harvests, one in summer, one in winter. Over the years, the farm has gathered many loyal customers. 46-year-old Li works as a purchaser at the Taipei Exchange, but he comes back to his folks' place to join in the harvesting twice a year. Packing the delicious fruit together is a happy family tradition. Lee was born with a deformity in his right arm. It hasn't stopped him from becoming a table tennis champion. I use the movement of my feet to manage balance problems. His specialty is his backhand loop, which catches opponents off guard instantly. He and his doubles partner have competed all over Asia, winning silver at the 2010 Asia Para Games in Guangzhou, bronze at the 2014 Incheon Para Games, and bronze at the 2017 Asian Para Table Tennis Championships in Beijing. The vineyard is here in Pinglin Village in Nanto's Taotun Township, at the foot of the Jojo Peaks Nature Reserve. The Li family uses organic natural methods and chickens forage between the vines. With visitors to Jojo Peaks increasing in recent years, they are optimistic about the prospects of local agriculture. 
The new head of Taiwan's professional baseball league, Tai Chi Chang, made a visit to Kaohsiung on Thursday. He and Kaohsiung's mayor inspected the Tengxing Lake Baseball Stadium, where 28 baseball games are scheduled for this year's season. The CPBL currently has five teams. The newest addition is the Weichuan Dragons, which returned to the league in 2019 after a 20-year hiatus. On Thursday, Tsai said he would adopt reforms that encourage more corporations to sponsor professional teams.